0: harp on sports with seth harp you know what time it is three two one let's do this Go, your food needs harp on sports the bar harp on sports the bar audio media podcast radio network follow share like subscribe uh, easy enough at Harpon on sports on all of your platforms uh, including harponsports.com on on Sports, the YouTube channel. Three things for you. The men of Troy, as we look at the candidates or who should be at least the heir apparent to take over out at Southern Cal. Also, the NFL came out this week with a plan. It kind of snuck a little bit under the radar. And the plan essentially was what? It was to tell each of its member institutions, hey, find an international city to partner up with. Grabbed my attention. Believe you me, it grabbed my attention. So we're going to look at that as well. And also, the 30 for 30, the Mets series that's out. I love it. I think it's fascinating. It's great storytelling. I've got five that they should do next. At least the five that I would like to see next. The hiccups there for a minute. So there we go. All right. I'm going to start off first with Southern Cal. I think USC is one of the top five programs in all of college football in terms of exposure, cachet, I mean, stardom. Think about what Pete Carroll did there a decade ago. Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was crazy what that had become to the point where they pushed it too much. Pete leaves, goes to the NFL, the Hall of Famer now. And, you know, as I was sitting here thinking about this, I'm like, okay, Clay Helton's gone. Clay Helton really wasn't a good fit there. That's one of those, Clay Helton was a going to be harsh, but Clay Helton was somebody that you date, but you don't marry. And the next phase now is, okay, who, who can you get that'll be there for 10 to 15 years? Who's got that cachet? Who has that ability to draw somebody in, to draw people in? And I've got five guys. I saw the LA Times of the list, like the top 13 guys. You yeah, the list of 13 people. Man, you have a list of 13 people. You have a list of nobody. But there, there are, to me, there are five guys that I think would be a legitimate fit out at Southern Cal. And these aren't necessarily flavors of the week. These aren't, oh my, here's the new and upcoming guy. These are people that have done things, had success. You need somebody that's proven themselves, somebody that can recruit. You have LA, but how do you recruit, out-recruit UCLA? Bring excitement into a city that has the Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers. Think about it, it's LA. The Rams now and the Chargers. Chargers have a new upcoming quarterback and the Rams are loaded. How, how do you bring cachet to that city? Remember, if you're the head coach at USC, now you're not, you're competing against two NFL teams and a good UCLA that didn't really exist 12, 13 years ago. So you got to think of those things. And the five guys that I can think of off the top of my head, number five guy on my list, I'm going to go with PJ Fleck at Minnesota. The fact that this guy, two years ago, COVID year, I kind of put that on the side. Um, uh, But PJ Fleck two years ago won ten games at Minnesota, went to a New Year's Day bowl game and beat Auburn. Dude won ten games at Minnesota, that's impressive. In his third year at Minnesota, the dude won ten games, got my attention. Now I know that they, you know, where they're competitive against Ohio State, eight and four, nine and three. I look at going like eight and four or nine and three, or ten wins at Minneapolis and Minneapolis and football. Think about how. If you can sell Minneapolis, cold, outdoor college football, Minneapolis, you can sell L.A. You can sell L.A. So I, I, P.J. Fleck would be fifth on my list. Uh, number four on my list, I got Joe Brady, offensive coordinator, Carolina Panthers. If I see what Joe Brady did with LSU and Joe Burrow, let's face it, Ed Orgeron was the head coach. <laughs> Joe Brady was the mastermind of that. Joe Brady was the one that developed Joe Burrow, put all that together, and then he goes to Carolina, and Sam Darnold looked pretty good. Now, we've got a long way to go, but if Joe Brady can get Sam Darnold cooking and the Carolina Panthers, I know Matt Rule's the head coach, but if Joe Brady can make Sam Darnold, USC guy, by the way, sizzle in Carolina and that team, look, that division, you can win a wild card in that division. Can they beat the Bucs? No. Can they win nine or ten games? You bet they can. They go ten and seven in that division. They go nine and eight. So, I think Joe Brady would be fourth on my list to go to USC. So, PJ Fleck five, Joe Brady four, Eric Enemy's number three on my list for Southern Cal. Eric Enemy. all he's got to do is walk into a recruit's room and said, "You know who you remind me of, young man? Travis Kelsey. Do you know who you remind me of, young man? Tyreek Hill. Do you know who you remind me of, young man? We got a receiver by the name of Sammy Watkins. All those. years. Do you know who you remind me of, young man? Offensive lineman that blocked for Patrick Mahomes. You know who you're... See where I'm going? Eric Biennemi walks into your room and says, I can make you the next Patrick Mahomes. Where do I sign? Eric Biennemi would be my third choice Power Southern Cal. Number two, and I, you know what? Got a Florida shirt on. But it's Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen took a Florida program over that won like four games. Four and seven. It's a bad football team. And he won 10 games, back-to-back years. Won and went to three major bowl games in a row. And he went to the SEC Championship game and developed another Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Yeah, the guy can coach. Now, the knock-on, Dan Mullen is recruiting. Is he going to be able to recruit? You know, he struggled against Kirby Smarty. Uh, Okay, Uh, understandable. But let's face it, Dan Mullen is a version of Pete Carroll, 23, 24 years younger. Pete Carroll just turned 70 today. Isn't Dan Mullen a Pete Carroll of his late 40s? Which he reminds me of. Now, Dan does some things I'm not fond of, but uh, there's a lot of coaches out there that do things I'm not fond of. Dan Mullen offered a scholarship to an eighth grader. I don't think you should be giving scholarships to uh, offers to guys that are 100 days removed from the seventh grade. Other coaches do it. Do I like it? No, I think it's ridiculous think you should be in high school before you get a scholarship offer. You should have at least one day of your belt in high school. One day in that notch before you get offered a scholarship. But, you know, it's not how it works. So, if the NCAA made a rule like that, everybody throw a fit. But Dan Mullen, he knows how to coach. He knows how to develop guys. He does. He's talking about his stubbornness and sticking with this quarterback over that quarterback. All fair. But Dan Mullen would be a gigantic success at Southern Cal. So he'd be number two on my list if I were them. Florida, Southern Cal, the same type of cachet, Nike school, Jordan brand type of thing. He'd work out there. He would. And number one on my list would be Matt Campbell. Why? Because if you can win nine, ten games at Iowa State, Ames, Iowa, you're a good football coach. Yeah, they lost at Iowa last week, but that dude's a good football coach. And he's young, he's captivative, he'd work. Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell at Iowa State reminds me a lot of Urban Meyer at Utah. He does. That's just getting the right fit. Matt Campbell would be my first call. My second call would be Dan Mullen. My third call would be Eric Bieniemy. My fourth call would be Joe Brady. My fifth call would be PJ Fleck. If I was Southern Cal, that's one of the top three or four jobs in America. I, I noticed Urban Meyer said no, so I'm going to leave him off the list. And James Franklin, to me, I don't I'm, look. Guy's a good football coach, but I was more impressed with James Frank, James Franklin at eight and four at Vanderbilt than ten and two at Penn State. He's been at Penn State what seven years now a Nice job there. He has good coach. Maybe he wants out, but James Franklin, other jobs have opened up and James Franklin has used those jobs to get raises at Penn state. of like how Mike Gundy used those openings over the years at Tennessee to get raises at Oklahoma state. So I'm not falling for it. I'm just not. So there's that. Uh, oh boy. So there's that pivoting to the NFL. The NFL came out this week, and it's something that just slid under the radar. A little bit. They told their 32 teams that we want you to look for international cities. We want we want you to part, Think about where you'd like to play and submit your proposals for an international city. that can be your partner. The NFL added a 17th game this year. There are signs here that you don't have to look very hard to figure out. You don't. The NFL... Added a 17th game, eight home, eight road, one neutral site. Here we go. Within five years, this this plan. The NFL, you're gonna have eight home games, eight road games, and one neutral site game, one international game every year. That's the plan. It works, it fits. Now the Jaguars already have theirs with London, right? Do I think teams will share England? Yes. These are the countries that the NFL has come out and said we want you to look at Mexico City. The Cowboys want Mexico City. That's going to happen. That's what, 15 million people? They want Brazil. Very populous country. Rio is a big city. So, they want Brazil. They want Mexico City. They mentioned Canada. Of course, Vancouver and Toronto, maybe Montreal. Of course, England. The UK. Oh, okay. Germany. Hello, Berlin. And China. Those are the countries where they want to start. Now, To me, I think Paris, France, probably be a good addition too. I think Rome, Italy, good addition as well. And then you can start ripping them off Tokyo, Sydney, Australia, Barcelona, Spain. But for now, that's where we are. Those six countries, the city that you should want to partner with is Beijing you got a billion, 1.2 billion, 1.3 people, 1.3 billion people in China. Yeah, I want that market, considering China has more people in it than (laughs) the United States if you multiplied it by four. Yeah, I'll take my chances. I'll take China, you bet. It's Beijing, it's communism. Yep. Doesn't stop Coca-Cola and McDonald's from going over there. I want part of that pie, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm, It's greedy. Give me that money, all my franchise value to go up. I mentioned Tokyo, you know. So this is coming, and you know I can only imagine being an international city and looking around, going, "Oh my, please don't pick me." Insert city here. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see what Green Bay would. Where, where does Green Bay tie in? Where does Green Bay want to tie? Green Bay going in there, going. So, Oslo, Are we go to Norway, Helsinki, Finland. Where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. So, it's smart. And this is the NFL, you know, we've heard for the longest time, going to put a team in London, going to put a team in London, going to put a team in London. No, they're going to put 32 teams overseas. They are. There's going to be an international, all 32 teams will play an international home game, which means, more than likely, each team's going to play two games out of the country a year. now, if you're the NFL, I could have eight games in London or I could have nine games in London. Let's see if I put a team permanently in London. That's nine home games, eight road games. I could have nine games. Or if I have all 32 teams in the NFL play a home game or play an international game. Look, I got eight home, eight road, neutral site, international. That gets me to 17 games. You know what? I, I could have 32 games around the world or I could have nine games in London. What's going to make me more money? Hmm. And remember, the NFL is a product. You say, oh, it's American football belongs here. If you had that process mentality, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Disney, none of these things would be international products. It would be regional products. It's not how growth works. It's not how business works. Could you imagine if Toyota had that approach with their cars? Only going to sell in Japan! Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. So I love this NFL plan, I love it. I love it. It actually makes more sense financially. Um, <laughs> oh, the Jaguars are London. I. Who's going to end up being Beijing? I don't know. That's the one you want. If I had to guess, there's certain ones that just... to me, it makes sense that Seattle would be Tokyo, Japan, right? To me, if I were the Chargers or the Rams, that's who I would want Beijing. I would. I don't know where... Like, geographically on the map, I'm trying to think how things work. Because the Dolphins would want South America, probably. At I would. Um, boy, the Colts horse, Denver horse, Spain, Spanish horses, you know, Barcelona, Madrid, something like that. Italy. Uh, (laughs) I I just think of Rome and just all these cities and where teams line up. If I sat down, I think it'd be fascinating to try to line up 32 NFL franchises with 32, you know, international cities. Be a lot of fun. It's coming. The NFL says within five years, Start putting your bids for international cities. It's coming. Uh, the thing I wanted to end with thirty for thirty. You know the series in the Mets, the Queens angle. It, it's fascinating. I hated the Mets when I was a kid. You know Keith Hernandez is just something grimy and dirty about them. They were throwbacks. You know Daryl Strawberry and Dot Gooden and Sid Fernandez. It's just just something about. They were blue collar dudes, man. And it was just one of these things as a kid. Just did the Mets just rubbed you wrong. They did. They, did, they just rubbed me wrong as a kid. Them beating the Red Sox, them always owning the Cubs, those things always bothered me. Um, as an adult, I look back and go, those things are petty and ridiculous. But when you're nine, eight, nine years old, you don't know any better. And so that's why you hated Andre the Giant and any heel in wrestling, ravaging Rick Rude. I hated those guys. So, you know, I look back on it now. And it's fascinating storytelling. It is. And I was thinking to myself, okay, what 30 for 30s would I like to see? What 30 for 30s haven't we gotten yet that I would like to... that would grab my attention? That could be made that would make me go, you know what? I'd like to see it a lot. I really would. I've got one that I think would be probably more personal. But remember, when it comes to storytelling, you're trying to tap into my generation or older. Tapping into a 28-year-old's nostalgia really doesn't work. Get a little older than that. So for the purpose of this I I think there's one of them that's probably just a little too close that's why I've got at the back of the list and that's Johnny Appleseed and that's Johnny Manziel he changed the SEC he really did Johnny Manziel was one of the big catalysts to help the SEC network kick in Um, the expansion of the conference with Missouri and A&M it made it a little more palatable Johnny Manziel comes in he wins the Heisman Right as A&M joins the conference, he beats Alabama. Whoa. Okay. You know what's funny about that is they never got to the SEC title game while Missouri won it back-to-back years within their first four years. Or won the SEC East, I should say. So, <laughs> I think, I think it's 30 for 30 on Johnny Menzel. Are we too close to it? Probably. Probably. Um, another title for one American gangster would be Aaron Hernandez. I'd love to see the inside of that and what happened. What happened at the University of Florida? What happened with the Patriots? Who knew? What were the rumors? All of those things. Is it still too new? Maybe. Maybe that dude probably wins the Super Bowl MVP. If boy, it been, it'd been if, if Eli Manning doesn't hit plaxico burst in the back of the end zone, or David Tyree doesn't make that catch, Aaron Hernandez probably wins the MVP of that Super Bowl. Think about how interesting that is in life but I'd love to see a 30 for 30 on Aaron Hernandez one that's personal I don't know how much it would reflect overall nationwide but I would I called it mic'd up or the voice is what I would call it and it would look at all the old broadcasters Vince Scully's the only one left when I was growing up Jack Buck Cardinals Ernie Harwell Tigers Joe Nuxall Reds he had Harry Callis you go back a generation, you know, the Mel Allens. I remember, you know, I remember Harry Carey as the Cubs. My pops remembers Harry Carey as Cardinals. And you find the generation between us, and they remember Harry Carey as White Sox. So you have just all these different generations of these guys in all these cities and these broadcasters. And Vin Scully's the last one. So I would send it around Vin Scully and look, you know, start to expand out. Red Barber. I just think, you know, with Brooklyn, and I just think that'd be fascinating to hear all those guys. I really, really would. I'd love to hear it. Bob Huker. Bob Huker with the Brewers. Call it the Voices. Voices. Voices from the past. I love 30 for 30 on that. Uh, with this Mets, Queens one going on. Uh, the second one I have on the list, I call it Summer Lovin', Brett Favre. We were obsessed with Brett Favre for three straight summers, you couldn't get enough of him. Brett Favre is what taught me in media and radio to not listen to what anybody says, watch what they do. I'm never going to watch that again. Uh Uh-huh. I'm tired of hearing about this. No, you may be, but everybody's not. Why are they always talking about that? Because that's what you're always consuming. There's nine Fast and Furious movies for a reason. People keep consuming them. Why do they keep making Star Wars? Because you keep going. They're going to keep making them too. They are. Watch. So, I'd love to see something on Favre, because that captivated this summer. He'd retired. Then they'd go offer him money. He'd say no. They'd offer him more money. He'd say no. Then they went on planes and got him and drug him back. Offered him more money. So he'd say yes. You'd all do the same thing. So would I. Uh, and the last one I have on here is The Heat Is On. How the Big Three Came Together in Miami. Those are the thirties that I would like to see. I know what Netflix just did one on The Malice and the Palace, so we've got that one now. And There's probably some other ones out there, but those are the ones I would like to see. So there you go. Harp on Sports, the bar, uh, podcast, audio, media, radio network, at Harp on Sports on all the social media platforms. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports YouTube channel. Um, Also, HarpOnSports.com. Website's almost done. Or I should say it's done um, we're just remodeling it. It's been up for a while, and it's been up for a couple of years now. The other thing that we have for you, Harp on Sports Podcast, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. There you go. We'll be back Friday for a little Friday night light action. Light camera action. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, phone with your friends.